0: I'm Kat.
1: And for those of you joining us again, welcome back. We appreciate you being here. And if this is your first time tuning in, welcome to the madness.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, last week we had more of an introductory episode, so it was pretty off the cuff. Uh, it was a trivial pursuit episode, it was pretty great. It was our second recording that we had to, that we had to do of it because we were starting to learn how to properly split our beverages yes. through the episode. So Yes. We uh, are being
1: responsible adults.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so how was your week, Laney?
1: It was good. It was really good. Um I am finishing up at the job I'm at currently and then start working for a new family pretty soon and getting everything ready for starting school again this fall.
0: It's fantastic. Yeah. Whoop whoop. How about you? Yeah. It's it's been good. It's been long. Um the hours are, are longer and longer each week especially when you do i do stretches of like four to five days of 12 hour overnight shifts so yeah your job um, is the worst and so at, on days like today uh it takes a little bit of catching up and then once i'm caught up it's good so it's it's been a good night i'm happy to be here
1: yeah me too and so for those of you who um don't know who we are or what we do that makes all of us.
0: <laughs> yeah, for so
1: real. Kat and I have known each other for about 20 years, a little less, and we're just two friends. We're hanging out. We're having a good time. We love each other so much that we decided, you know what, we might as well spread the love and start bugging other people and telling them to listen to us talk to each other. <laughs>
0: I mean, it's some of these are going to yeah. be pretty, pretty damn delightful. We, we came up with the concept of the podcast because we spent a lot of time... Uh, playing online games with each other, and so we're we're always remote um, and in f- quite quite far away from each other, and so it's our way of spending time, anyways. Yeah. And we just got to a certain period where we realized that we talk so much and about so many bizarre things, and we're constantly just telling the person the most bizarre thing we had heard that day that we just felt like it would be a good concept for a show, and that's kind of where we're vibing on right now.
1: Exactly. We wanna spread the you know contagiousness of curiosity. And, yeah, yeah. we're always looking into new things and want to explore different topics. And so that's what we're going to do with each other. And we're going to share with all of you guys. So you never know what you're going to get from us. It could be just an array of different things. And sometimes uh, we're going to come together and we're going to research something to that Kat and I are going to do as a team. And so we'll be talking about one big topic. But most of the time, we're going to be coming together each with a different thing that we had learned that week and teaching each other about it.
0: Absolutely. Um, and this week we are pairing our top ten episodes, uh, our Ooh. top ten episode, uh, with Natty Daddies. That's right, yes. because yes. we are keeping it classy for this episode. Absolutely. The episode is, after all, the top ten weirdest crimes. Woo-hoo. So we just wanted to keep it on the same level as a lot of these types of things we're about to discuss.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I we can only it imagine. top shelf. You know, Natty yeah. Daddies, if you haven't had one... Well, you didn't grow up in a trailer park then. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, it's an 8% uh, 25 fluid ounce beer that is 99 cents. And Yeah,
0: it comes to wow. about $1.11 after tax here in the yep, state. Yep, yeah. yep.
1: And at 8%, you know, you really only need one or two. So it's, it's having a good time on a budget. I am being...
0: <laughs> and as long as you drink it cold fluid. and drink it fast. Yes, you, you do have to drink it fast because otherwise...
1: oh, like nanny daddies get flat real real quick too. yeah that that warmth sets sets in and then the staleness comes and then you're just left with like 16 ounces of
0: roastness. but you
1: have to drink it you keep just like drinking it
0: (laughs) just like with some of these nasty crimes we're about to talk about you know there's that initial rush and then when the dust starts to settle you realize that everything is piss i've made a huge mistake I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Okay, so how we're going to be doing this is um, we have ten delightful, strange, and bizarre crimes or, you know, just anything just just weird that we want to discuss about things that people have done more or less illegally. Um, and we're going to alternate. I'm going to start us off, and um, Laney here will will finish us off with, with a biggin'. Oh, yeah. So. Absolutely. Um, so number 10 if you are ready yeah if you are ready let's do it um i'm gonna start off number 10 with a title called carl's own wax museum Mm -mm -mm -mm. so in 1931 56 year old carl tanzler was working in a hospital in florida when he fell deeply in love with a 22 year old cuban-american woman named maria elena mal oh hold on (laughs) i hit i hit my uh
1: You're fucking it up already. That's it. We're done. I'm ending the podcast. We're fine. We're going to keep going. I dump your (laughs) ass.
0: I I accidentally hit like a paste button and uh, it took out everything and then replaced it with just nonsense. So uh, a 22-year-old Cuban-American woman named Maria Elena Milagro de Hoyas, uh, when the couple met, de Hoyas was dying from tuberculosis. It was at this time a terminal condition in the 30s. So throughout the last year of her life, Tansler reported... Uh, reportedly showered the young woman with gifts and even purchased an expensive mausoleum when she passed. Absolutely. Head over heels in love. Imagine being sick and being ill and the love of your life comes along then. <sighs> well, it's tragedy. That's tragedy. So after her death, uh, Tansler visited De Hoyos' grave, singing Spanish love songs to her. And, he and she him loved claim, him
1: back, right? Like, she this did. Isn't She a did creepy... love him okay. back.
0: Yes. No, they... Uh, they met they fell in love and she was dying from tuberculosis during this period mm-hmm. and so um when they met um it was only about three years before she had passed um after everything was said and done but after her death tanzler visited de Hoyas' grave and he would sing spanish love songs to her he would also later claim that her spirit encouraged him to remove her from the grave and to take her home so of course one oh. night in 1933 Allegedly haunted by the ghostly requests, Tansler carried Dehoyas' body right back to home in his own wagon. Mm. Romantic. It does seem romantic. It seems romantic. And it seems like in this day and age that we would know this was happening. But over the next seven years, so seven years after he has technically taken her from her place of rest, uh, he had gone through the process of preserving her. He had so replaced she, her skin. So she wasn't yeah.
1: even decomposed. Like, she was pretty fresh.
0: And she they got her back fresh. out. Oh, okay. And then and then he, he pretty much taxidermied her in his own way. Mm-hmm. So he replaced her skin with wax. He stuffed her body with rags to keep its shape. Mm-hmm. And he used perfumes to disguise the odor. Mm. So Some strong perfumes. Absolutely. So, mind you, so seven years later, she had passed away in 1933. And in 1940... Hoya's sister Florinda stormed into the police and demanded that they follow her to the home of Tansler because she knew that there was something bizarre going on and she knew that her sister's body was in this home mm-hmm. so of course with the police in tow they sh- certainly found out that he had been preserving her body in his in his house and it was a, a Pretty remarkable tragedy um, for the family and of De yeah. actually of the De Hoyas family, um, but Tansler wasn't actually prosecuted because the statute of limitations on the initial crime had already lapsed. <laughs> well, so, yeah, it had been seven years. It wow. had been seven years. So there, there
1: needs to not be a statute of limitations on grave robbing. I feel like that specifically is like, you know, it should always be illegal. It's never it not be, yeah. a crime. You know, it's never it robbing. Rob rob. rob
0: yeah, and no matter how big of a love story this may be, yeah, it is what it is. And also, think about it. Like, he's I don't want the...
1: my partner digging me up,
0: and keeping me and as a wax figure. Close to a decade when he could have, you know, been moving on. Yeah. And I mean, true love they say, but I've definitely heard of of some of some burials and some um, ways of like preserving people in a mausoleum style of way. Yeah, uh, based on their culture and those types of things. But this was not that. This was a very crude. Uh, reconstruction of her body, yeah, and, um, yeah, yeah, in a, dis- in a in a private display. Very, how very Bates Motel. So it is. yes, so Carl's own wax museum, wow. ladies and All gentlemen. Right. So that was our number ten,
1: and bringing it into number nine,
0: it's a bath
1: salts Christmas, everybody. All right. So uh, the source I got for this story was the New York Daily News and an article by Catherine Townsend on InvestigationDiscovery.com. In November of 2018, an 11-year-old Ohio boy came home from school to find a strange, unknown man in his house. The boy immediately called his mother, Tamara Henderson, who was at a neighbor's house nearby. She then called the police. When cops arrived at the Henderson home, they found 44-year-old Terry Trent sitting in the family's couch in their living room with the TV on very loud, the candle on the coffee table lit, and random Christmas decorations that he had put up while on (laughs) bath salts. It was not Christmas time, by the way. He did, he did, Yeah, it was November. <laughs> the 11-year-old told police that when he walked through the door, Trent said, quote, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. I'll get my things and go. And I, I, I don't know why, but that quote just really breaks my heart. Like, I know. And why is it broke. heartbreaking? I don't know. But, like, he, he, he clearly is messed up on bath salts and has broken into somebody's home. But I don't know that like sheepishness for some reason just makes me sad. Yeah. for
0: him. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, we hear stories like back when it was really big up here in Maine. Um, there was Ooh, a bath phase. salts took a Yeah. yeah we took it took a, a turn. And um, some of the things that you'd hear, yeah. like people ripping their own flesh off and people trying to eat other people. Well, what's
1: funny is that I was told I remember this story around that time. And I thought I remember being told that this happened in Maine. And that's why I went looking for this story to begin with. And I was surprised when I found mm. out that it was actually Ohio. But so many crazy things were happening in Maine that I was like, oh, yeah, I believe that
0: there were things. So I am not surprised crazy. it did also yeah. happen in Ohio yeah, or in yeah, most yeah. other areas of the country, to be honest. But Ohio, yeah, there's some good there's some good stories coming out of there. So that was our number nine. Bath salt's Christmas. Oh yeah, God, hold on. That's... Sorry, let me finish
1: that up. There's, I, I forgot one sentence. Oh, <laughs> he was charged with burglary and served a little time in county lockup. Cops said that he did have a history of drug offenses, but he wasn't dangerous, and you know, he just spent a couple days in there for basically being,
0: you know, a curmudgeon. Well, did the family keep the you know keep everything up? I mean, I, mean, I would. Have, it's there, already, right? November, right? it's already November, right? It's already November.
1: Already. Like, only a month away, you might as well. If
0: anything, he did you a service. Exactly. Absolutely.
1: I think that's the, the start of a very uh, cute Disney movie. You know, as the ah. the bath salts addict and the young boy come together. They're unlikely friends. And
0: meet oh. After. A story, a story of, of, of trial and tribulation. <laughs> <laughs> so that's bath okay. salts Christmas. That was delightful. So, okay, so our number eight... The title being The Shit-Eating Nun and Her Lover Go on a Murder Spree. You know it's going to be good. Oh, I know. It was... was, I I couldn't not. So, uh, Mariana de Lava Marino was born in 19... I'm sorry, 1575. And she was born to a wealthy banking family in Milan. Her mother died during her infancy, however. So her father, as some do, dumped her on her aunt's doorstep to raise her and thereafter forgot about her to pursue a life in a business and um, a tour leash of affairs across Europe. At age 13, her father remembered her long enough to force her into a convent in Monza. Came he in just, like,
1: smelled, time. like, in yeah, the air. He's, like,
0: start a period, too. So he put her in a convent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Completely forgot so, about her existence and was, like, a, a bitch in a convent. I suppose during times like this, too, you know, a convent couldn't be the worst place to be. Um, yeah, It depends It depends on, on on the perspective But Mariana took well to the nunnery uh, She took the name Sister Virginia And she became a role model for the younger novices Things changed however In her twenties when she fell head over heels In love or lust as one would say With a young aristocratic womanizer Named Gian Paolo Osio Oh we've all been there I Gian I, re- <laughs> I do have my fair share of aristocrats As well <laughs> So, uh, and after a years long, uh, torrid affair, uh, he had, Osio himself had blacksmith, had a blacksmith, a local blacksmith, make him copies of the convent's keys so that he could routinely sneak into Marion's room Mm. with of course the complicity of other nuns and a friendly priest. So people did know, um, during this period of time, she birthed two children, one unfortunately being a stillborn and the other was a daughter who was there, you know, thereafter adopted by Osio. Mariana oh, that's, alternated. That's nice, yes, he did adopt the child. Um, Mariana alternated between gratifying her lust and guilt-tripping over her sins. At some point, hoping to turn her irresistible lust for Osio into disgust, she began eating his feces. Uh, and guess what? It it didn't work. Oh. I don't know why. I feel like if I were eating the feces of the man that I, I was lusting after, I feel like there would be something Maybe that just would turn something me off. Maybe just something
1: breaks it. in your brain. Like after he's yeah. made the decision to be like, "Yep, I'm gonna do it." Okay, I'm doing it, and you know, like yeah. as your hand is <laughs> coming towards your mouth, you're like, "Yep, it's happening." And then when you finally you yourself put shit in your own mouth on your own accord, feel like something in your brain has to break right then and there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it seems. It seems to be. It seems that that would happen, but it did not break, Mariana, unfortunately, um, and so in. 1606 uh a, a separate nun threatened to expose the torrid affair so osio murdered her Yeah,
1: just to get her to stop eating shit oh, mm-hmm. oh mm-hmm.
0: yeah with yeah no so osio murdered the nun who was going to expose the oh! affair oh. yes he ex- he murdered the nun that was going to expose them with the complicity of mariana so they knew she knew what was going on she knew that this man yeah. was going to murder her her sister and she was complicit um she then therefore mariana threatened the other nuns that if they didn't keep their mouth shut that they would suffer the same fate
1: oh this bitch
0: yeah so the lovers tried covering their tracks by spreading a story that the murdered nun had run off but after rumors began spreading of iffy things going on at the monza convent people started to question it so osio started murdering more people to quell the rumors well of course well, of course, I mean, just, it, it's like, that's like that accent, like, I'm so sorry, I'm just shooting people, I'm so sorry, yeah. I'm so oh, sorry. Oh, no. oh, oh no. He's goosie, you know, he's, like, he. he's sc- <laughs> 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 So he also murdered the blacksmith who had made him copies of the convent keys, and an apothecary who had supplied Marion with abortion herbs. Ah, yes. yeah. You always so, gotta tell I mean, those abortion herbs.
1: They blessed. were not
0: really quiet about this affair, and so they really did have to murder a lot of people. So
1: you just making more work here we yourself. are again
0: just making more work and so here we are here we are again it didn't work so eventually word reached the governor of milan who ordered an investigation osio marianne and their complicit enablers were arrested in 1607 and tortured to reveal what they knew hmm. osio however escaped of course he did and was sentenced to death and absentee he was killed soon thereafter by an acquaintance though marianne however was sentenced to live a life in solitary confinement bricked up in a small cell measuring four feet by nine bricked up no windows she stayed there for 14 years until she was deemed reformed and released to spend her remaining days in the convent can't
1: even lay down fully in that you can't like stretch out unless she's under
0: four feet tall yeah she well it was it was four feet by nine so yeah and for 14 years and no windows she couldn't even how she see. came out of that and continued to and continued to be a person. Oh, I have no idea. That's awful.
1: So, I mean, like you hear about I mean, people that are in that spend a lot of time in solitary confinement, you know, now in prison. And, um, oh gosh, why can't I think of his name? Oh, he's of the West Memphis Three. Um, oh my gosh, people are probably screaming his name. Damien Eccles, there we go. He now permanently has to wear sunglasses. But he was in jail for like 18 years or something, I'm upset that I don't have the exact specifics. But he spent so much time in solitary confinement in prison that he cannot now handle- He now can't handle the light of the sun and has to keep sunglasses on all the time.
0: Oh, dear. Awful. Awful. For a crime he didn't commit.
1: Oh. (laughs) Oh. Gross. Yeah, no, that's a really intense story, yeah. man.
0: Isn't Damn. that an intense story? I know that the shit eating part was really the small part of it, but it sh- feels like it should be more, right? Like, it should I mean, be more. like
1: people should be, should be more, be more, to more to upset about that. And I feel like if I like, I feel like if I knew that was happening, I would have been the nun that got killed in the first place. Just being like, I'm gonna tell somebody just so I don't have to like hear fucking Sister Virginia over here like. <laughs> <laughs> oh god that's oh i'm thinking about it's so <laughs> gross to me yeah that's why you would want to turn her in it is so gross and then she died Fantastic. for it
0: and then she di- well no he she she didn't die for it but she was she was certainly tortured but they did murder people they were not innocent they were not an innocent couple regardless no, I meant the first that they who, had like was going to oh. expose oh yes 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 okay so All right that was our number eight so number seven
1: okay uh, the source I have for this story is Fox News right, I mean, I gotta, I gotta put my beard down I gotta make sure right, here we
0: go. I heard you say <coughs> I heard you say I'm gonna pull my beard down oh, <laughs> yes, I'm gonna pull my but beard I do better. down
1: alright, ready? Mm-mm-mm. on October 11th, 2015 an employee at a Palm Beach County Wendy's took a drive-thru order for one soda at 1.20am a man in a pickup truck drives up pays for the soda with a credit card, and takes the drink. Without warning, the driver then hurls a a three-and-a-half-foot-long alligator through the drive-thru window before he sped away. It took until December of that year for authorities to track down 24-year-old Joshua James and charge him with assault with a deadly weapon without intent (laughs) to kill. Later, he was charged with illegal possession of an alligator and petty theft. You oh imagine God. forever having on your record an attempt, like deadly, like assault with a deadly weapon, and they're like, "Oh my God, what, what did you do? I, I threw an alligator at something."
0: That's <laughs> it too, because you know there's always those portions of your applications when you're doing anything, and it's like, so you have a brief moment here to explain. Yeah, you know, in your own words, and they give happened, you like fifteen and- words to do it. Too. Through alligator, through drive through window. My bad. Yeah.
1: (laughs) 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 Thankfully, no one was hurt, and wildlife officer Nicholas Guerin released the animal back into the wild. James was tracked down thanks to security footage from a nearby store and the credit card that he used to purchase the drink. Fucking dumbass. Wait, so how long long was it between when they... October to December.
0: I feel like that's a long
1: time, right?
0: When, what state was this in, Florida? Of course it was Florida. Of course it was Florida. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, an alligator in a Wendy's drive-thru. It it's only could be Florida. <laughs> in a CNN interview with Joshua's parents, Ed and Linda James, Linda said that Joshua knew an employee at the Wendy's, and he was just pulling a prank.
0: This is what she said in the <laughs> interview.
1: Quote, This was a stupid prank that's now turning into this. It's just, it's stupid, the reporter and you definitely believe this was a prank, Linda? Oh, 100 percent, because he's a prankster. He does stuff like this because he thinks it's funny. When the cops asked if he would cooperate, I said, of course he will. He's not a bad kid. He's a stupid kid.
0: Oh, what a mother. <laughs> Thanks, I <love> Mom. It.
1: <laughs> yeah, what a mother. Guerin wrote that during an interview in December, James admitted to throwing the alligator. He said James told him he had found the alligator on the side of the road and put it in his truck. The Palm Beach Post huh. <laughs> noted that James could have faced a third-degree felony charge for possessing the reptile. Third-degree yeah. felony. When
0: it if, comes, to, when it comes to yeah, the yeah. wildlife in Florida, especially. Oh yeah, I actually been... looked that up while we were down in Florida. Oh really? Yeah, because they have a lot of different laws up here in Maine. Like there, there are slaps on the wrist, and yeah. they tell you, you know, you really shouldn't have this or really shouldn't do that. But we also don't have animals that we could truly. I mean, we, they can make a damn scene. You can throw a chicken in somebody's in somebody's car window as they're getting oh, ready yeah. to drive off, and that was going to make a scene. But, like, the, we don't have alligators up here. We're going to be whipping through a window. That's true. That's true. So, But I they
1: said if he had been convicted of that crime, of that particular charge, he could have faced up to five years in prison. Not not like, you know, county lockup or the jail down the road. Fucking federal prison. Federal prison. Yeah. For five years. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> In James's court appearance in January of 2016, he was ordered to stay clear of all Wendy's restaurants to avoid possessing any animals aside from his mother's dog to undergo not the a- the
0: fresh square meat. <laughs> not the fresh square meat. Yeah. No, not Wendy's! Stop! Not, not the sea salted steak fry. Oh my those
1: god, no, those are the best. I don't care what those anybody says, Wendy's fries are the best.
0: So, I don't know, I'm kind of a Burger King fan. I've always oh, had this argument true. with people. Yeah, really the crunch. Like, like do the do hollow fry, fry thing they got going on. Yeah, that's
1: good. They're not they never get soggy like McDonald's fries. We're taking you've hard stances that's here. That's why you just curiosity, you know.
0: Right? Yeah, well that's Very why with the McDonald's stances. fries you have to you have to eat them in fistfuls and you have to eat them quickly. Yes. Or you throw them on your burger. I throw them on my burgers when they start that's to get true. a little cold you're, and you're I just taught me that. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Um, yeah. Oh, he also had to undergo a mental health test and interfa- to refrain from possessing any weapons. He was later released on a $6,000 bond. He actually had to spend time in jail for throwing an alligator.
0: He's, he's just stupid. He's, yeah. he's not a bad kid. He's just a stupid kid. And I bet he has like five children now, you know? Oh, probably. Oh, probably.
1: It's a good story to tell the grandkids. That's fantastic. Mm, did you hear that? Just to hit my. Did you hit it off your teeth. Yeah, I did. Like I said, I did not hear it, but I can see it. We are keeping it classy here <laughs> today, this episode. Bringing it to e- you. Easy,
0: easy. That 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 aluminium is expensive. <laughs> these dang
1: teeth
0: uh, are expensive too. <laughs> these dang teeth. It's true though. <laughs> it's true. Um, all right. So are we ready for my number six? Give it to me. All right. So. Number six comes in with a title, The Murder of Mike the Durable. So, I do love this story. Uh, In June of 1932, Tony Mariano, the proprietor of a rundown speakeasy in the Bronx, was in desperate need of money. So he and four of his acquaintances hatched a plan to murder somebody and collect a life insurance policy. Working with a corrupt insurance agent, they thought... uh, that taking out the life insurance policy of one of the habitual drunks frequenting, frequenting Mariano's establishment would be a perfect plan. They would get him drunk, have him drink himself to death and then collect when he perished. I mean, what makes us any different from companies who take life insurance policies out on you and wait for you to die so that they make money on you. But you know, here we are. So they chose a man by the name of Michael Malloy, born in 1873. He was a homeless Irish immigrant Malloy was an alcoholic and a longtime client of Marino's, where he drank on credit until he passed out. He paid when he could, and sometimes often didn't. Whenever he drifted into temporary employment, he'd let the tab run for a few months. Whenever he drifted out of employment and was broke, he never could top anything off. But they continued to to let him drink. He did seem like the perfect mark, though. So after taking out the insurance policy on Malloy, Marino extended him unlimited credit at the speakeasy. Which, I mean, imagine you're, you're, you're homeless and you're an alcoholic and you don't have a job and somebody is giving you an opportunity to drink as much as you want. Hell yeah, why not? However, like most Irishmen, Mo- Michael Malloy turned out to be incredibly difficult to kill. The mm-hmm. toughness that earned him his nickname Iron Mike and, of course, Mike the Durable. So the assumption was that Malloy would drink himself to death. But every day, the old Irishman drank all of his waking hours away, without any noticeable decline in health. So, to speed things up, Marino and his partners in crime added antifreeze to their Mark's booze. Now, old Malloy simply drank it until he passed out, but then he would literally just ask for more when he came to.
1: He'd already embalmed himself with liquor yeah. by this point, and basically. And he would
0: wake up, and he would. it's a full shameless situation here. He'd wake right up and say, more. So, the plotters then replaced the antifreeze with turpentine. First of all, how do you not smell it? He had to. I can smell it now. I can smell it now. So, well, he was drunk, so there you go. The plotters then replaced the antifreeze with turpentine. Malloy was unfazed, so they switched to horse liniment, which is basically liquid Bengay. Malloy gulped it down and asked for more. They added rat poison to the mix. Now, Malloy's constitution still did not notice. Oysters soaked in wood alcohol did not do the trick, nor did spoiled sardine sandwiches sprinkled with metal shavings. This man was what? a beast. So, finally deciding that nothing he drank or ate would kill him, Moreno and his co conspirators de- uh, decided to freeze Malloy to death. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so on a co- on a freeze, Just like, full gun in freezing. it. Just the-
0: <laughs> yeah. so, Can't man. poison him? Fuck it, we're gonna freeze him. I'm so impressed with this, with this man's constitution. So, uh, one cold winter night, when the temperatures dipped to minus 14 degrees Fahrenheit, they waited for Malloy to pass out. And when he did, they carried him to a park, dumped him right in the snow, and poured five gallons of cold water on his chest oh, to wow. make sure he froze solid. Malloy showed up the next day for his booze on credit. <laughs>
1: showed
0: Malloy, up Malloy, Malloy. So Marino's done. He's, <laughs> he's done. <laughs> He's done. So Marino and his confederates ran him over with a taxi <laughs> owned by one of the plotters. <laughs> just fucking said fuck it, "I'm hitting him with a car," like there's no accident oh, there. There's just like, all right, all all right, right we're done we'll here. Get, we're done. We're done here. But the worst part was, is they hit him with a taxi for, with one of the co-conspirators' cars. Oh, it was one of the, it was one of his buddy's uh, taxis. Uh,
1: Not thinking now, it through.
0: Yeah. So all it did was put Malloy in the hospital for three weeks with some broken bones. <laughs> Well, there's, like, I've, i actually,
1: we have a mutual friend, two friends who got into a car accident when they were extremely intoxicated. It was a horrible situation, but they both walked out, like, they should not have lived, but because they were so drunk, they were so That's floppy, they that they yeah. didn't, yeah, I thought that that was an old wives' tale or just some horrible, yeah,
0: turns out it's true, like. I mean, people fall from roofs, you know, and all these type in They in rolled high places like and six
1: times. And I mean, one of them had a couple, two broken legs. Like both of his
0: legs were Thank God nobody was killed, including like anybody else in any other vehicles. We have
1: lost a lot of people in our community, in our small area, made to drunk driving. Like we are not condoning yeah. that. It's not funny. I'm sorry. And I know, it's, and I, I know, I know it, it seems like, it well, it,
0: right. It, it's not supposed to. I think that our way of dealing with things, we often use sense of humor yes, to kind of cope with a lot sure. of the loss. Um, and also drinking is... You know a kind of a part of our of our pastime and not yeah. just getting drunk but it's a social aspect of things we did it with our friends, we did it with our families you know and um you know it was, it's just something that it's not that bizarre and in a lot of ways it's not very bizarre for a lot of people, yeah. but it's not necessarily talked about in a jovial way because of how damaging it has been in um in modern times and in more or less recent decades uh, the the literal seeing what it does to you but <laughs> yeah. okay, so after. He was in the hospital for three weeks. He reappeared at the speakeasy as soon as he was discharged from the hospital. So on February twenty-second, nineteen thirty-three, they stuck a gas hose in Malloy's mouth after he passed out and turned on the jets. And guess what? Whoa. It did the trick. I mean, talk about being tortured and not knowing oh, that. Jesus like you think Christ that these people are being no good idea. to you. He was being. He passed dirty. out. Yeah, he was. He passed out from drinking too much, and then they stuffed a gas hose in his mouth and. Filled them right up. Oof. So, needless, needless to say, the plotters collected on their insurance. Oh, that of, that did it.
1: That they finally succeeded.
0: Yes. Yeah, so the <laughs> it was the it was the the gas hose that finally did it. So they collected on the insurance, but rumors of Mike the Durable began making rounds. Mm. And when the insurers heard the tales themselves, they contacted the police. Malloy's body was exhumed and re-examined, and of course, the truth came out. The plotters were tried and convicted in 1934. Wow. One got a prison sentence while the rest, including Tony Mariano got the electric chair. How
1: did they test for it? Did they just actually sniff the body and were like, Oh yeah, that's gas.
0: Oh, during <laughs> this period of time, I'm sure that there was some kind of medical procedure that they would use to, I'm sure that if it was pumped into his stomach.
1: Yeah. There's some... Yeah. There's, there's, gotta, there's be gotta be some, some, kind be some kind evidence.
0: Of signs. Yeah. There's gotta be some kind of signs. Um, so that is our number six. Nice the murder of Mike the Durable. Awesome. Okay, um I need to take a break to use the bathroom. So okay. we are taking a break. I'm
1: not okay. pausing anything. We're gonna keep recording. I'll be right back. Okay.
0: Hello. Oh there you are. Okay, so I'll check it after the 41 minute mark. Okay, so where are we? <laughs> you're going to say are you're, you're going to say so it's
1: going to be you know like you're number you 5 you just finished it so when I start it's going to be
0: all right, so now we're on to number five. Seven. Okay. Alright, anytime you want.
1: All right, and now moving on to number five. Alright. <laughs> I I don't wanna say the name of this one because I don't want it to I don't wanna give it away. But um the sources I have are um an article by Andy Chalk on PC Gammer and a BBC article from January eleventh. Alright, here we go. In April of 2017, two LAPD officers, Louis Lozano and Eric Mitchell, were on foot patrol and received a call for backup to handle an active duty robbery with multiple suspects at a nearby mall. But they never showed. When their sergeant asked why they didn't respond, the two officers said there was, quote, a lot of music and it was, quote, really loud in the park that was nearby. At first, their sergeant (laughs) accepted this answer and let it go but the more he thought about it, he decided to investigate a little more. When the sergeant reviewed the digital in-car video from that day, he got a big surprise. The two officers were in fact quite close to the mall being robbed, not a noisy part. And to make matters worse, they not only lied about not hearing the call for backup, they actively ignored it in the video and had a conversation debating if they should respond at all. Mm,
0: mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Captain Darnell Davenport was also patrolling near the mall at the time of the robbery and said that he saw a police car parked in an alley in an alley near the said mall, but couldn't identify the unit at the time. He then saw the cruiser back out of the alley and leave the area altogether. Through the investigation, it was found that the car was, in fact, occupied by Mitchell and Lozano. The two officers then radioed in to say that they were in a different location altogether, just to justify not responding. According to court documents, after they received the call from Captain Davenport, Lozano said, quote, I don't want to be his help. The two de- <laughs> debated about <laughs> responding to the robbery for a few more minutes Stop. before Lozano says, ah, screw it, and they drive off. Like, you're a police officer. They just officer. left? Yes, they left the scene. And everything's they were right being recorded. Near the mall. Yes, yes, they were so close to the mall and, like, we're recorded as being like, I don't want to be his help. I don't want to do my job. <laughs> just ask for And they drive away. The sergeant realized this was way above his pay grade and he needed to hand <laughs> it off to a detective for further investigating. He was just like, Nope, nope. I've seen enough in this video. I'm. I should not be dealing with this.
0: This is above my pay grade.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Things only got worse for our two brave cops from there. After several minutes of ignoring calls for backup, Lozano and Mitchell received a more important notification that, that there was a Snorlax sighting in their area. For the next 20 minutes, the officers drove around LA and openly talked about Pokemon as they went. If that wasn't enough excitement for the two of L.A.'s finest, all of a sudden, a mighty Togetic appeared, too. After these two, oh, a what? Da- togetic? It's a Pokemon. It's another Pokemon. Oh! But such as oh, a Snorlax. So they saw... Yeah, they were. They ignored the robbery and then got a notification that there was a Snorlax sighting nearby. So they were like, balls to the walls, we gotta get this Snorlax. And as they were doing it, boom, Togetic, also rare, uh, pops up, too. After these daring cops risked life and, more importantly, their careers, they were able to capture the sleepy Snorlax and subsequently went on to hunt for the mighty Togetic. It will please you to know, dear listeners, our heroes in blue were successful in both of their apprehensions that day.
0: Woo! Well, good mm. for them. We're calling so we're calling them heroes. Oh
1: yeah. well, I mean, I don't know what else to call them. In they this, they got story? a Snorlax and a Togetic in one, you know, like afternoon. I don't. Uh,
0: what would you? <laughs> call you them know what? That? that is a damn hero, I suppose.
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely not bigger crimes going on in L.A. Oh, okay. <laughs> god. <laughs> in L.A. Come on.
0: In L.A. LA.
1: <laughs> Mitchell went on to state, "Quote." The guys are going to be so jealous once the two Pokemon were detained. (laughs) Following the investigation, Lozano and Mitchell pleaded guilty to failing to respond to the call for backup, but denied playing Pokemon Go while they were on duty and lying to cover it up. They admitted that they had left their assigned patrol area to chase Snorlax, but said that it was a part of a, quote, extra patrol and not a game, but a, quote, social media event. Because uh, I don't know how in their minds that somehow makes it better. Oh, no, we weren't playing a game. We were we were doing a social media event instead of, you know, stopping a robbery. That makes it better, right? Lozano <laughs> and Mitchell were both found guilty of various infractions and fired. Oh, apparently that's all you have to do to be fired as a police officer is play Pokemon Go. Huh.
0: oh Oh, they were fired they were they tried to that's what got them fired
1: that's apparently uh that's that's just too much you know it's too much they mm, we're not getting political (laughs) it's fine (laughs) <laughs> we're
0: not 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 today not this
1: podcast they tried to appeal their dismissal claiming that their rights had been violated because they didn't know that their private conversation was being recorded in the cruiser and that their sergeant asked them about uh, about not responding to the call without a lawyer present
0: I imagine mean, other things they must have talked
1: about i mean but like can you imagine they know they're being recorded they know they are in inside the cruiser, but they're just like ah, our private Do you have age conversation. Age for these officers at this I time,
0: like how old they were. Oh, I'd be interested to know. I'd be interested oh, to know. Oh, I really know. wish I did know. I'm sorry,
1: but yeah, oh, that it it blows apology. me away. Yes. That our private conversation was being recorded. Unsurprisingly, none of their rights had been violated, and the ruling stands. What is surprising is that these two clowns keep filing appeals to this day. For their dismissal because they believe that they truly, they truly believe that they shouldn't have been fired. It took until January of this year, January 2022, for the case to officially be closed. Weesh. But they still didn't get their
0: jobs back, right? No, God, no, they didn't get their jobs back. I was going to say, because apparently their conviction really says something. Yeah,
1: this happened in 2017, April. So almost a year ago. I mean, no, I mean, almost a complete... Uh, five years ago, this happened, and just now it is—it's closed. Oh, it's so- oof, yeah. Oof, 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 so, oof. yeah, guys. If you know, it doesn't matter what a cop does; they they can keep their job as long as it's not playing Pokemon. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. So that leads me into my number four. Woo-hoo!
1: Yeah, four! Number
0: four. You know, you have a good point about reading the title because it really does give everything yes, away. So I know.
1: I'm like happy I made titles, but also not happy I made titles.
0: So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna actually read it, and then I'll give you the title at the end. What was your title?
1: Uh, Cops and Snorlax. Yes. <laughs> oh yes, totally. It nice. gives Mine? everything away.
0: there's 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 some left to the imagination there my title which i'll read at the end uh at the end of the story uh is quite direct so all right so number four so rutledge also by the name by by the way the name rutledge r-u-t-l-e-d-g-e what a name wow okay So Rutledge Diaz, the fourth, pretended to be a... Oh, 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 oh,
1: wait, 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 wait. That's a human name. I thought you were saying that that was a town. Oh, it could be. Rutledge sounds like a town. Or like, uh, that's a human's name.
0: A mother looked at her
1: child and was like,
0: Rutledge. Rutledge.
1: We shall call him Rutledge.
0: Well, are we oh, gonna go in know. about children's names? As somebody, you know, who does your boyfriend find to be like his own personal idol, and what did he just recently name his child? Well, well, you know, you know what? I don't. What <laughs> I don't think a human can I actually can don't know Pronounce names. it. They go by. They go by X, right? Something. Name? I don't. So, Elon Musk's and Grimes' I uh, child. I have nothing actually negative to say at all about about that couple. I'm just saying, we're talking about bizarre names. Yes. That, w- that one really... Uh, from the my mother, mother did the
1: threaten my entire family that she was going to name me Dolphin Baselina. Like, <laughs> they didn't have a name for me for so long. And oh, if you knew, God. if you knew my mother's parents and just how pristine and proper... They're and very just, austere. And, well, both sides of my family, really. They're just like, mm, they got like a... An mm about them, and so to hear my mom say that she was going to name her baby Dolphin Baselina it sent
0: waves. <laughs> I actually, <laughs> I need, I need to write this down. Spell this for me, Dol- okay, Dolphin. Okay, so, Well, it's Dolphin, and but how would she have spelled B A?
1: I would assume it has to be a double S, right? Bass. So I guess it doesn't matter, right?
0: So B B-A- A then- Bass I- I- or uh, uh. A. Baselina uh. L-I-N-A. Okay, so I I'm going to sew you a stuffed animal. Yes. I'm going to I'm going to make you, and you'll you'll learn throughout our our shows here. I'm, we're all actually quite crafty here. We're just talking about these just. We make things. We show, do things. We make our things. Hands we have things purposes. we admire things. But I'm going to make you a stuffed animal named Dolphin Baselina, and I'm going to have you ma- make sure that you give it to your mother. Yes. Actually, and, you, and know, and, and like, you know, you know who and the baby better person and everything.
1: Oh, oh. Lexi loves. That story more than, like, really? Yeah, more than any other story of my entire life. That's the one she holds dearest onto is Dolphin Bass. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to
0: make it, you know what, I'll make it for her then. I, it I, it was what I was now. gonna
1: say, I mean, both of them would appreciate it. Who, who are we kidding? My mom, like, you could that's spit fantastic. in her that's face okay. and my mom would be like, oh my
0: god, thank you so
1: much which is just hilarious in my opinion just have life like thank you
0: she, she's the difference so between sweet. your your family and my family she's so sweet. my family is so your mom so would be rugged. the one doing the spinning <laughs> my mom would be the one spinning in your face yeah that's <laughs> i spit in her face, she spit back, and we just keep spitting back and forth until she just smacked the shit out of me. <laughs> she probably family. would have smacked the shit out of me. I feel me right like off that's
1: why I get along with your family as well as I do is because it's so different
0: from the one that I, I was raised with. But well, I'm and like the same goes for me. Because when I show up at your house and I'm like, everybody's so nice. And Everybody I- <laughs> And when I'm with your family, I'm
1: like, Oh, I can relax with my balls out. Like I don't have to be yeah. like I'm tired. Like, I can just be like
0: That literally cannot be any more accurate. Accurate. Beautiful. Oh, okay. All right. So, moving on. Moving on. Okay. So, I'm gonna start this right off in the beginning. So, Rutledge Diaz IV pretended to be a disabled person and received sexual gratification from having his caretakers change his diapers.
1: Well, you know, we all go, you know, pigs.
0: And that leads me to the title, which is "Man Who Posed as Special Needs Patient So Home Nurses Would Change His Diapers." sentence for perverse deception very very specific title so a louisiana man rutledge pretended to have had special needs in order to have women he hired as babysitters for himself or in-home caretakers change his diapers and he was sentenced he was sentenced to probation that week uh after like after everything had gone down the judge sentenced rutledge to five years of probation and 400 hours of community service. In addition to having to maintain employment, attend addiction counseling via the internet and refrain from using social media. Oh, the sentence okay. came after Diaz pled guilty. He, he didn't even, he didn't even wait. He just pled guilty right away. So the backstory here is Louisiana state police arrested Diaz, a 29 year old new Orleans resident in November of 2019 Following reports that Diaz was using the internet to engage in fraud and later commit sexual battery. Police said in the, pol- in the press release earlier in the year uh, that through the course of their investigation, they learned that Diaz had advertised on social media to find a home health care worker mm-hmm. to look after him, or to look after his disabled 18-year-old brother. My apologies.
1: Does he even have a disabled 18-year-old brother?
0: No, no. The intent was he was going to name his 18-year-old brother Corey. However, when the workers arrived, Diaz would pretend to be Corey. He oh. was 29. So he was... And if you can... If you look up this man, Rutledge Diaz IV, he actually does look relatively young. I'm sure there are not a age. whole lot of Rutledges. So... Yeah, Rutledge, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, so uh, he would pretend to be Corey. And uh, when they would arrive, uh, these women would greet Corey and start changing his diapers within the first day, which, of course, aroused him sexually. But he played... He played it well enough that he wasn't all there and that this was like an ID. He was like an ID client. And as somebody myself who works in, in mental I health. I was just about to it say, it, yeah. Yeah, so I that's actually one of the things I do is as I work, I work in mental health and I work with uh, behavioral and mental health patients. Pat and I both ago,
1: have, have had a job very similar to this. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, but in previous years, I had worked with ID and the intellectually disabled is, is how uh, they are more commonly referred to these days, which you tend to make a little bit more excuses for. They they, they sometimes, depending on their situation or who they are, you know, you don't necess- you can't get upset with them for doing something bizarre. You know, it's mm-hmm. just what they do. You write a report, you move on. So these women expected that he that this was going to happen. I have seen it happen myself. Yep. And most of the time, if you were talking actually state like like they are actually the doctor says that they are intellectually disabled that they have these, yeah. these series this this illness they have these things wrong with them you know you usually don't question and, that yeah honestly just kind of deal with when it. it's your job and you do this when it's your job, all the yeah. time you
1: don't react like it yeah. there's not nothing there's not a bell or like anything going off in your head that's like danger or oh, whatever right. there's none yeah. of that it's just like okay yeah i get it you know it's quite like, normal yeah this is a human Reaction, whatever. Like, there's no questioning when that type of stuff happens when you are, you know, you you have to get intimate with your right. clients
0: and the people that you're working with. That's your. That's the whole point of your job. As adults as well, and this yeah. was an adult, so yep. this was a consenting. You know, uh, I don't know. It doesn't say anything specifically about whether or not he was well, a guardian or how, how all this worked. <laughs> well, yes, but what I mean is, like, so what I do for work is, you know, I work, I work for a company you know, that has group homes. This is a man who advertised for himself. Mm. He went online and he's like, I need a, whole th- a home health care worker. And as long as you're certified, anybody can be a home health care worker. You can go in um, and you can charge the it state or you can charge them privately for the hours that you're there. It does not. Um, but you can charge them for the hours that you're there. Um, it gets usually billed to the state or their insurance or however that works uh, for you. And so there's not much questioning it. Yeah. So moving on. But okay, so... One of his victims, an unnamed woman, provided care for Corey on at least 10 separate occasions before she realized what was happening and then reported Diaz to the police. Police arrested Diaz at his home on November 12th, 2019, without incident. He was subsequently charged with 10 counts of sexual battery, 10 counts of human trafficking for the labor, and one count of possession of of a controlled dangerous substance. At least two women found out about Diaz's lies after the arrest... And at one of the court hearings, one of the women described how learning the truth changed her outlook on the world. She said, and I quote, I used to believe that almost everyone in this world was inherently good. In this case, I was wrong. So lawyers for Diaz claimed that he suffered from issues related to substance abuse and poor mental health. And that his actions stemmed from sexual trauma that he had experienced as a child. Now, I just want to say that it's a strange Crime case, it has its ups and downs in regards to humor in its own sense. But this is actually a story that I pulled out because of how how easy it is to be able to manipulate um, uh the system and how it is okay to question things, even if it seems like you shouldn't be or you feel like it's a little uncouth. If somebody, you have the right to you know to request documentation from somebody mm-hmm. that you're working or you're doing home health care with, you know, to look at their doctor orders and their prescriptions. Like you can't just necessarily rely on everything that they say in these cases because you. Could be committing a crime yourself, uh, you know, such as if the client should not be administering their own medications, and here you are just handing them a bottle. Like there are a lot of way reasons that home health should, I feel like, be a little bit more intense, and it shouldn't be as easy. Uh, for anybody to just dive into it once again i work for a company who con- who have constant education we have constant we're constantly educated they bring us in once or twice a month for new classes they check up on everything we have reports incident reports up the ass for everything we send them to the state like everything is monitored yeah. and regulated um in this case he was and this was only in 2019 he had a very smart man here who was getting his jollies off by manipulating women to change his diapers and to you know to more or less take care of him in that way. He would take care of himself, it seems. But what really hurt me when I was reading this was the that, that quote. I used to believe that almost everyone yeah. in this world was inherently good. There are so many people out there who would be absolutely fantastic and wonderful healthcare workers if the system wasn't built the way it was. There are so many people being abused in the healthcare system yes. as workers yes. that were losing them. And so... This is a prime example of of a situation where it really people lose their passion and they're less helping how, people and it's like a this. dirty,
1: vicious cycle of people who need that help then get horrifically treated because the people who are supposed to be helping them are being horrifically treated, or you know, like the people who would be the best at the job don't get the, either the benefits or the respect or the resources or whatever they need. So they end up Mm -hmm. having to leave that job, even though they are the best, you know, that they actually have passion for it. They have passion for the people that they are working with. They want to be in this position, but the people above them are making it so impossible. And I've witnessed this with my own eyes over and over again, that they end up having to leave and find a, a completely different, either vocation or a different company. And then the people, the the, I, the people with intellectual, you know, difficulties
0: are left with people who are not well suited for the job. Oh, yes, it's yes, it's absolutely. such a horrible cycle. And with these, with, and once again, with the home health situation that, that was described specifically for this man's case. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people who actually do need help. We have family members in our own families that need help and that don't qualify for for certain programs because of one reason or another. And so if you have somebody who's willing to pay for somebody to be taken care of, honestly, reaching out to somebody who has these certifications who will come into your home that's not necessarily through an agency you know, it's fantastic, such as people who do not believe in vaccinations. That's a whole separate story, but a lot of people have been pushed out of the healthcare and they want to continue to do that work. And so these kinds of individual contracted jobs go out to folks who have one reason or another why they can't work someplace we're talking not anything having to do with criminally but just maybe they need to make their own hours maybe it has to do with a transportation issue or where they live and they still want to help and do their job and to to make their money and so they accept these one-on-one cases with these folks who are willing to pay them out of pocket and mm-hmm. this is that's not illegal it's not illegal and honestly there are plenty of cases where people need this kind of assistance and it's not provided because they're not under a certain program or company um and so they don't get People like myself or people like yep. Lainey who, who you know, who've worked in this field for years and years, uh, who, you know, we have that person to answer to. These people really answer to themselves. And so here we have an example of, you know, a little under a dozen women who were completely manipulated and taken advantage yeah. of for, uh, for sexual gratification. And so the story, even though it has its roots and a bit of humor, really kind of should open <laughs> everyone's eyes to the fact that. There is an entirely flawed healthcare system that, that we are experiencing, but do not let the worst of the stories like deter you from doing the best you can do to help yes. other people. Yes. So, absolutely. Um, anyways, so, that's that. So, Lainey's got number three.
1: Ooh, Number three. All right. Spider-held hostage. My source is Fox <laughs> for
0: Kentucky. I love how you've had two sources for Fox during this. And- I have. Fox has got some good stuff. I don't know what to they do. They it's do. Well, they do. We'll have that 24-hour news cycle, man. they they'll, They got they'll some put anything, they got Anybody some will put anything today. out there. Yeah. They got some nuggies. All right. So I'm going to be up front. This
1: case is really annoying for me because they they answer some things, but then where I have the biggest, like, what the fuck moment, they're just like, oh, we're going to skip over this. Like, it barely happened. All right. So anyway, here we go. Alright, so now we are taking a trip down to Leavenworth, Kentucky. The victim of this crime remained anonymous, so for the purposes of clarity, I'm just going to call him Craig. Because Craig is easy. Alright. In 2012, Craig needed someone to watch over his pet spider. Unfortunately, I couldn't find the name of the spider either. Eh, Sorry, guys. Craig asked his friend, then 26-year-old Brian P. Smith, to take care of said spider while he was away. When Craig returned and asked for his eight-legged friend back, Brian Smith demanded that Craig pay him $100 and let him keep the spider. Craig obviously refused to pay Smith and demanded he give the spider back, but Smith wasn't having any of it and threatened he would shoot Craig if he didn't fork over the $100. Needless to say, that freaked Craig out enough to, oh, I don't know, call the cops. (laughs) While the cops were with Craig taking his statement, Smith actually ended up calling Craig on the phone. And he said he was quote ready to do this thing, giving the cops <laughs> even more evidence. Okay, so it's a pretty re- <laughs> weird story, right? I mean, like, guy gives spider over to friend, friend then extorts said friend to be, over spider. To like be honest whole with thing.
0: you, it's actually not that bizarre in my in my life. Yeah, well,
1: I mean, I hear you though. I hear you.
0: I buy insects online. The my, the so that's a whole part separate for story for
1: me. I think is the like you need to pay me oh and i'm keeping the spider i think uh, for some reason that is like where i'm like but oh, it doesn't make <laughs> okay <laughs> Alright, so i've never heard of anybody holding a spider hostage before and it's it, it's for sure weird but what gets me is that the rest of the story is also super interesting but every article that i've ever found when i've re- researched this It's basically tacked on the end, like it's almost an afterthought, and they don't go into any detail. So Smith was arrested and pleaded guilty because, you know, he called Craig while the cops happened to be there, so they had plenty of evidence. So he was arrested. He was sentenced to serve 14 months for that crime, for the spider crime. But that wasn't the only thing good old Brian Smith was going to go down for. He was also charged with a string of burglaries from January of that year. An accomplice, a Justin Wilder, would break into cars while Smith acted as the lookout. Police also discovered that the pair had stolen items from Walmart the same night as the auto burglaries. When police went to search Smith's home, they discovered a Siberian husky puppy that had been stolen and a 14-year-old boy cowering in Smith's closet. And that's what? the amount of information there is given. That's it. that's it. They just tell you that a 14-year-old boy was found cowering. They don't give you if he's okay. family? Or if it was if they, it... I don't know what to tell you, Kat. Because Have you, they, and you? I know that you've looked. I'm I sure you've looked, you looked so, after. i spent multiple days, like, literally with my hand in my hair, you know, elbow on the table, like, just like, ah, but, ah, but, ah, but, why? Like, <laughs> if if anybody out there is listening um and happens to have any more information, I would really love to know what the hell is going on yeah. here. Because yeah. that, that's that's all a, the send information.
0: That, send that to contagious at gmail.com and we will include it in a follow up episode in regards to this. Yes. And even I'm give you full you. credit for it. Like, yeah, because if if she can't find that, I believe her.
1: I, I've I've done I've done some digging and I I couldn't. Anyway. Smith pleaded no contest to the bur- burglaries and pleaded guilty to the next 10 charges. One count of contributing to a child's misconduct, one count of possessing a drug par- of uh, possession of drug paraphernalia, three counts of burglary and five counts of theft. Which I, don't, I don't really know the difference between burglary and theft, but burglary would be be, breaking um, into somebody's something and that would be a break and enter
0: well no oh oh, no i think it is like unlawful the unlawful taking with intent of deception or something of that sort like (sighs) i think think the the burglary burglary is is. like when they broke into
1: the cars and the theft is when they stole from walmart I could be wrong, but
0: that's. But no, because there's like two different kinds of thefts from Walmart. So there's like there's 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 theft with uh, like deception, and then like un or then unlawful theft. Oh. Theft with deception usually means that you're doing it with one or more person, or you did it with intent to. I'm no lawyer. To deceive, I. It's honestly <laughs> like it's and it depends on the on the state. But I looked that up recently, actually. But yeah, no, there I'm yeah. sure that there is a delightful difference. Well, I mean, we have a minute here to look it up. Yeah. You look it up while I'm telling the story. That's all
1: the information I could find. There's nothing about where or how he got a hold of the dog or what the heck was going on with the young boy it's like everyone who wrote the article is like nee, nobody cares about dogs and kids let's just leave with the spider and make everything about that because you know i mean dogs and kids aren't attention. the most fiercely loved things on earth or anything uh it's just I, i'm just i'm stumped
0: i'm just gonna say i'm stumped <laughs> I'm, st- I'm stumped <laughs> fantastic is that is that that's, that's, that's it. it i'm that's done it. that's it it's... That does feel so unfinished Right? Oh there's a 14 year old boy Cowering in a closet I'm stuck there too, I'm stuck there too to be honest I know you're, you just went off on a whole thing about like, theft <laughs> and burglary But I'm still stuck on the 14 year old Everybody's stuck on it. the 14 year old boy
1: Who isn't stuck <laughs> on the 14 year old boy It's a weird thing to just Tack on the end and just be like And hey, by the way <laughs> <and> Then never <laughs> mention it again It's a fucking I just. <laughs> it's okay, I'm calm I'm calm <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm moving on.
0: I don't have to think okay. about it anymore. All right, well <laughs> based on the timing we have left and we have some we have a uh, uh, quite a bit of a, a story on my end and I think a longer story on yours. Let's go ahead and move right on first. All right. So number two. So the second to last, my last one here. <clears throat> the body of Charlie Chaplin. Mm-hmm. A young Polish refugee sold a Swiss court uh, told a Swiss court yesterday that he dug up Charlie Chaplin's body and tried to sell it to the comedian's family because he was in financial trouble.
1: Did you say yesterday?
0: Well, yesterday as what the story, when the story was uh when the story was written. Which was nineteen so, eighty? Yeah, it was no it was um <laughs> You know what? I should have I should have been more specific when I when I when I did that, but regardless, I'm just going to say <laughs> i I'm rephrase it. A young Polish refugee told a Swiss court that he dug up Charlie Cha- better? Yes. Be happy. that he dug up Charlie Chaplin's body and tried to sell it to the comedian's family because he was in financial trouble. Hmm. Roman Wardus, a 24-year-old car mechanic, said he was out of work and going through hard times when he read the newspaper report about a similar case in Italy. Quote, as a result, I decided to hide Charlie Chaplin's body and solve my problems. End quote. Word has told Vevey District Court of this, and it's began the trial. Together with a 38-year-old... Together with 38-year-old... Now, names, forgive me. I'm, 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 I am working on them. Guys, uh, we're doing Gancho our best here. Ganev, yeah. Together with 38-year-old Gancho, Gancho Ganev, a Bulgarian... Wardus is accused of desecrating Chaplin's tomb in a village graveyard and attempting to extort $600,000 from the Chaplin family. The coffin containing the comedian's body disappeared in in, a, in the month of March, just over two months after his death at the age of 88.
1: So, so that's that's frame. for
0: sure it went missing. It was recent. Yeah, it went. Yeah. So... uh. It was found two and a half months later, buried in a cornfield beside Lake Geneva and returned to its original resting place, this time in a theft proof concrete tomb. (laughs) You know, they say that. And then Lord Voldemort comes along. (laughs) Cracking that
1: (laughs) shit right open.
0: (laughs) Wardus said he asked a friend. uh, He asked his friend Genev, to help dig up the coffin and uh, which was near the mansion where Charlie had lived for 23 years. Quote, I did not feel particularly squeamish about interfering with a coffin," he said. "I was going to hide it deeper in the same hole originally, but it was raining and the earth got too heavy. Now imagine that he was just going to dig, dig even deeper in the grave. So it, it's not. It's <laughs> that's not an actually brilliant.
1: That's a that's it, a really smart idea. Actually. All the work
0: is there. All yeah. the work is done there. So Wartus said in an answer to a question presented by the court president Roland uh, Shetlin. I left my country in order to be free, but found it difficult to get steady work in Switzerland. He said the coffin was lifted out of Geneve's car and reburied in a field 20 kilometers farther than farther along Lake Geneva. He then used the pseudonym Mr. Rochette. He made several calls to the Chaplin mansion, demanding a ransom and eventually threatening violence to Lady Ona Chaplin and her younger children if she did not get the money. Co-defendant Genev told the court... I was not bothered by lifting the coffin. Death is not so important where I come from. He said he had been gold in Bulgaria, far attempting... He had been gold... Gold? G-A-O-L-E-D in Bulgaria, far attempting to flee Turkey, but had eventually succeeded in escaping to the West, finding work as a car mechanic. Yanev said that after using his vehicle to move the coffin and helping to rebury it, he then took no further part in the affair. (laughs) but the bulgarian who said he only joined mr wardus's plan believing that the risks were minimal became alarmed at the impact on the public mm-hmm. and the coffin's disappearance according to a psychiatric report now imagine not thinking that people were not going to be right. upset that the body of charlie chaplin has been taken and like how is this Before. oh we didn't think i didn't think it was going to be a big deal people noticed so of course there was laughter in the court when chaplin's lawyer mr jean-philippe Pachoud, who received most of the ransom calls asked from the witness stand to be introduced to Mr. Rochat. <laughs> so he asked the man, so who, you know, sh- introduced me to Mr. Rochat, the man that he was using as his alias to extort the family, rising nervously to his feet. Wardus was bid a courteous good morning by the lawyer. <laughs> he just continued. And yeah, it was bizarre. Wardus was sentenced to four and a half years of hard labor. And Geneve was given an 18 month suspended sentence. He was believed to have had limited responsibility for the crime. Oof! Yeah. Oof! 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 oof. And that is that is the story. It's it's it seems That's... like it seems bizarrely simple. I and just you know, I, it's hard to. <sighs> I don't know did you ever hear about this i
1: never that's what i'm saying It's like it's hard to to accept that it's a true story because i love charlie chaplin and the fact that
0: i do too i've never heard it like i don't know not that i'm I saying had no it's I-, I had true, no it's idea just like well of course that yeah that's... i just had no idea myself exactly. that he had his body dug up and and his poor family was yeah, extorted for a ransom that and then and then it all failed and fell through horribly and they just admitted everything so nonchalantly and said i didn't think it was going to be a big deal. Oops. Oh. Oh Ta-da. goodness, how delightful. So, ladies and gentlemen, that was my last story of the night. So, we are going to end this. All right, you guys number are you one. ready? Woo! Okay. So, this
1: is called The Watcher. I'm going to try and make this as quick as possible, but we could honestly do an entire episode on this one case It's
0: it's, it's pretty weird so, I will do my weird. best to to Limit my uh, Interjections Interjections, that's exactly the <laughs> word I was looking for, yes, so I'm just gonna listen Alright,
1: well Do what you gotta do In 2014, Derek and Maria Brought us, purchased a 1.4 Million dollar house From a private tech From <laughs> Let's start that again, <laughs> shall we? In 2014, yeah. Derek and Maria brought us, purchased a $1.4 million house from the previous tenants, John and Andrea Wood, in Westfield, New Jersey. To quote Letterkenny, must have been fucking nice. Can you imagine a $1.4 million <laughs> home? I just, like, uh, me and my tiny apartments.
0: I don't know. I don't want to pay that kind of rent. <laughs> or that mortgage. Either way, I don't want to pay it. Unless you're buying it outright. Uh, interjection one. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So this house was about 45 minutes away from New York City, where Derek worked. Westfield is a small but pretty affluent town, where the only gossip for years had been about the collapse of a local trader jo- Joe's roof.
0: As okay, hold on. How far how far away is that from where you live currently? Ooh,
1: I don't know. I honestly have no idea. I didn't. Do All that. right. I didn't do the math. I didn't know I'm, okay. already- I'm also in New Jersey. Um, but it's it's got to be pretty decently close if it's only 45 Cause you're, cause minutes. Because you're equally
0: as yeah. close to New York, yeah. Mm, interesting. All right, well, moving on. Interjection Uh-oh. two. <laughs> as of
1: 2022, the average individual income for the town is $71,621. And the average household income is $170,798. Mm, mm, mm. Maria grew up in Westfield, only a few blocks away from their newly purchased house, while Derek grew up in Maine uh -uh, to a working class family before earning the job of senior vice president at an insurance company in Manhattan. The house, located at 657 Boulevard, was built in 1905 and boasted six bedrooms, which meant plenty of room left over for the Broaddus family of five. Derek, Maria, and their three young children, aged 5, 8, and 10 at the time. The Broadduses were very excited about getting to work on their interior of their new house and wanted to have it ready before they officially moved in. They hired a few contractors to help with the workload, and so far, everything was going pretty smoothly. That is, until Derek received a letter in the mailbox. I've tried really hard to find the full transcripts of all the letters sent, but I was just to put it mildly unsuccessful. If anyone listening knows actually where I can find them, it would be really, really fantastic. I would love to know what all of the letters uh, said. So once again, if Absolutely. you know about this at all, if you know about the Watcher House, please send the, the contents of the letters over to contagiouscuriositypod at gmail.com. com. I would love it. <laughs> <laughs> so the first letter in part read, Dearest new neighbor at 657 Boulevard, Allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for many decades now, and as it approaches its 110th birthday, I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched it in the 1960s. It's now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. I see that you have flooded 657 with contractors so that you can destroy the house as it was supposed to be. Tisk tisk tisk. Bad move. You don't want to make 657 Boulevard unhappy. I asked oh. the woods to bring me young blood
0: and it looks like they have listened. Needless oh God, to say. This was, a, this was a recent this was this was recent. Um yeah, yeah, pretty
1: recently. Like, like it was in oh 2014 when they uh, bought it. So pretty recently okay uh needless to say yeah this freaked the fuck out of Derek especially the part about the young blood (laughs) he uh he quickly called the police to inform them of the threatening and super odd letter he then emailed the woods and asked them if they had any idea of what this was about and if they had received any letters while they had lived there especially since they were mentioned in said letter the Woods responded and said they had never received any letters from someone that had claimed to be the Watcher. Um, but they actually had received one right before they had moved out. In the 23 years they had lived in the house, they didn't receive another letter like it. So the woman who received it, the... Um, so... What?
0: I'm so, just processing it all. Yeah,
1: so they Derek asked them if they had received any letters. and They're like, no, no, no. Well, except the one right before we moved out. We, we didn't receive any except just, just, just the one. <laughs> so they had been okay. there for 23 years. And because they hadn't received anything like it and they were about ready to move out, she just dismissed it and threw the letter away. So okay. the letter from the watcher successfully freaked out the broadest parents. And they kept a close eye on everyone that came in contact within their house for the for the next few days. Uh, Derek was given a start when giving a tour of the new renovations of the house to a few neighbors nearby when a woman said, quote, it'll be nice to have some new young blood in the neighborhood. Nothing came of it. And he reported this woman to the police as well, since the letter that they had first received
0: mentioned quote, implied blood. blood. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And that would make I was, sense. I mean, yeah. yeah, he was
1: super uncomfortable and basically ended the tour right there. I was like,
0: OK, and we're done. So even Which though I can see I can see could be just also be a casual throw in conversation right. yeah, exactly. like oh some new young blood these people who have been living here forever It's like, not the, like what the what most nice uncommon phrase
1: in the world yeah Correct yeah
0: So even though Westfield is considered
1: a respectable suburb every town has its dark secrets On November 9th 1971 good old John List murdered his entire immediate family in the Westfield mansion while his three oh. children were at school List shot his wife Helen and then shot his own mother, Alma. When his two youngest children arrived home from school, he then shot both of them in the back of the head. List then went to pick up his 15-year-old son from a soccer game. When the two arrived home, List and his son struggled before the 15-year-old was fatally shot as well. List then made and ate lunch before he closed out his and his wife's bank accounts. Because of List's reclusive nature, the bodies of the two women and the three children were not discovered until nearly a month later." In the 70s? Yeah, 71. In the same house. It's the same house. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, Giving John, so them not being discovered for nearly a month, gave John a huge head start uh, for him to go on the run. It took nearly 18 years before List was caught and extradited back to New Jersey, where he was convicted of the five first degree murders. He died in prison in 2008 at the age of 82. But by 2014, Listen and his family were
0: but a distant memory and the watcher was becoming the new Westfield boogeyman. Which is interesting because, you know, it took so long to prosecute and to, to sentence. Yeah. It would make, like, it's over, it's been over and done with for so long. And, and then of course the death, you know, wouldn't be a big deal, I suppose, unless you had a lot of old folk in the neighborhood who really held on to those yeah. kinds of tales.
1: So, okay. So a few uneventful weeks of renovations and preparations went by before the second letter arrived. Once again... Don't have the full letter, but only in part it read, quote, The workers have been busy, and I have been watching you unload cars of your personal belongings. The dumpster is a nice touch. Have they found what is hidden in the walls yet? In time, they will. I'm pleased to know your names, and now the names of your young blood you that you have brought to me. You certainly say their names often enough. 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It has been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallways of the house. Have you found all of the secrets it holds yet? Will the young blood play in the basement? Or are they too afraid to go down there alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It is far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. Will they sleep in the attic? Or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who is in the bedroom facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It'll help me to know who is in which bedroom. i can plan better all of the windows and doors in 657 boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house who am i i'm the watcher and i have been in control of 657 boulevard for the better parts of two decades now the woods family turned it over to you it was their time to move on and kindly sold it when i asked them to i pass by many times a day 657 boulevard is my job my life my obsession and now you are too us family, welcome to the product of your own greed. Greed is what brought you. It brought the past three families to Six Fifty Seven Boulevard, and now it has brought you to me. Have a happy moving in day. You know I'll be watching.
0: And that was only some of the letter. Yeah. So you said that that was they've, only they've taken. It. Yeah. Each of these. I wonder these... if it's because of the investigative reasons that they don't release so many. It might be. But like I, there's I. I want to get a street view a of this place this because. Okay, I figured you would. This is a long one, so I figured you must have had like yeah. have, have, have done the work in it because when you give that kind of detail, somebody even can exaggerate some of the things. But well, were there's only so out. many people who live in the properties, and right? One of like the around letters, the area. They like,
1: mentioned like an easel that was in the window, and there was a house that was behind theirs that was like the only house they could have possibly seen through the window, and so they called the cops on like that house. They they. <laughs> They called the cops on a lot of
0: people because they were. Convinced. Could even be they something were like they were there's a house the in the community out. that has been passed through family to family. And this person who says to be the watcher doesn't actually live there, but knows enough about it and is in the area, yeah. with you know, visiting their extended family and can just be that kind of creep to drop something off in the post, yeah, and not actually live weird. there. So yeah. Okay. All
1: right. All right. Okay. So All completely right. and totally freaked out by now the Broadduses were at a total loss of what to do or how to handle this freaky situation that they had found themselves in, they set up security cameras all around the house and quickly became suspicious of everyone in the neighborhood. One of their next-door neighbors seemed like a good suspect because they had lived in their home since the 60s, and they um, and the way that their house was positioned, they could easily see into the broadest' home windows. As paranoia started to set in, Derek started staying up late, mapping out the neighborhood, noting when certain families had moved in, while also keeping a close eye on the streets to see if anyone suspicious. Um, was driving by. Surprise, they, like surveillance hadn't been put up. They did. They put up security cameras all around the house. Oh, so I just said, yeah, they they had just put up security cameras everywhere. Uh, they even went so far as to have the letters DNA tested. All of the letters that they had sent in DNA tested. Like that's that's no cheap or small feat. That that takes a lot. And but the DNA came DNA. back female. DNA swabs were taken from the whole Broaddus family and certain neighbors who are ruled out. The in an in, in an interview, the family did. Maria said that quote, "It came down to what we were willing to risk by living there." She said that she, Derek, and the kids all become hostages in their own home. The three children who were so excited about moving into their new home had quickly become terrified in only a matter
0: of weeks. And after oh, so only, how old were these children? Do you know?
1: Yeah, uh, I listed it really earlier. It was like six, yeah, five, eight, and ten
0: at the time. So they must have been, so so the family must, it must have been quite loud and included, like inclusive conversation within the family of like, so the parents probably were extending this anxiety to the children because of fear.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, this person had talked about whoever it is in the letters, had talked about the kids a bunch and being like, I'm glad I know their names now. Because you say yeah. them all the time. like They it, it respond. They talked about the kids a lot in the letters, which is terrifying. Yeah. Um, after only six months since receiving the first letter, the Broaddus family decided it wasn't worth it and they were going to sell their $1.4 million house. Because of all the rumors and fear spreading around about 657 Boulevard, the Broadduses had a, a lot of difficulty finding a buyer. So they decided to rent it instead. After the Broadduses moved out, the new tenants received the third and final letter. In part, it read, quote, You wonder who I am? The, who the Watcher is? Turn around, idiots. Maybe you even spoke to me, one of the so-called neighbors who has no idea who the Watcher could be. Or maybe you do know, and you are too scared to tell anyone. Good move. I walked by the news trucks when they took over my neighborhood and mocked me. I watched as you watch from the dark houses in an attempt to find me. Telescopes and binoculars are wonderful inventions. 657 Boulevard survived your attempted assault and stood strong with its army of supporters barricading its gates. My soldiers of the Boulevard followed my order to a T. They carried out their mission and saved the soul of 657 Boulevard with my orders. All hail the Watcher. Like how nerdy so, and ridiculous and pathetic does this guy sound? Like I mean I I get it. If I were these people receiving these letters, I would be freaked the fuck out too because you never know the extent that a nerd is going to take.
0: Sure, things. But sure. like
1: how lame.
0: <laughs> it's it Turn is it's the perfect. Idiots. It's the perfect basis for a movie. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. And so so they were implying that the whole neighborhood was in on this that there were multiple yeah
1: the f- the soldiers have followed my order to
0: the teeth but there's no reason why or they've never given anything as to why the property is so important no. like it has some kind They're of They
1: just my grandfather watched it and then my father before me and now it's my turn it, there's no it, there's no reason it's just this is why this is what's happening What a silly thing
0: yeah, but fascinating, but fascinating. And so there hasn't been any any report since then. Nope,
1: nobody knows who it is. Many is people is it still
0: up at? Is it still up in like it's it's? Still yeah, it finally and...
1: just got actually bought. Like so, it's now no longer rented out. It finally just got bought, quite recently. And many people in the town thought that this was all in a ho- uh, hoax set up by the Bratises so that they could uh not only sell their new house but also sue the woods the previous owners of 657 Boulevard for not
0: disclosing for not disclosing they did
1: the broadest filed a lawsuit against them claiming that the woods knew about the ominous letters and intentionally didn't warn them before the purchase (laughs) was finalized let's uh, be honest
0: though wouldn't you wouldn't you a little bit i I mean mean, we've all seen murder house right we've all seen murder house and american horror story (laughs) like (laughs) you know which is not real life I've only been told that I need to disclose the past three years. You know <laughs> this bitch. They tried.
1: They actually did try suing the Woods for fraud, um, amongst a couple other things. But the lawsuit was thrown out in 2017. It took until actually 2019 for the uh to sell 657. Oh that Boulevard. was only
0: three years ago. Yeah. Hold on. I'm they gonna, sold it. I'm gonna for it. Nine, nine hundred and fifty-nine
1: thousand dollars, which is a $341,000
0: thousand dollars difference from what they originally brought it bought it for all right i'm going to the street view oh my
1: yes yeah, pretty you know
0: i guess i it is very 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 pretty but i guess i imagine because you know growing up here in like they said
1: three kids and you're receiving these
0: letters these super ominous yeah.
1: letters that are talking about your kids and have your kids names in it like it doesn't matter how pretty the house is you want to get the out of
0: there well that's the thing about the prettiness of the house is and, and though it's absolutely gorgeous i really like the barn style that they mm-hmm. have going here and the and the amityville horror uh window that Very they got up there and, the, and, the, and they have a witch window too um but regardless you know in maine here when you think of like a, a million dollar home it's much bigger than this and so I actually <laughs> imagined, um, like, a true mansion. But maybe this is a true mansion. But then I had to remember that it was in New Jersey. So here in Maine, this would be, like, a $375,000 house. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. It seems, you know, beautiful, though, beautiful. And, yeah, what a, what a yard, huh? What, I don't know, man. I've been looking into one... houses recently. Well, it depends on what part of Maine, I suppose. So, hold on. So I'm looking at the whole street view here. One... So they have some pretty close neighbors, and across the street, yeah, okay, want, they have like, I mean, wow, these are, this is Yeah, a
1: there have been a lot of web sleuths that have gone after this guy, too, and nobody knows. Well, I mean, I guess technically it's a woman, because they got female DNA off the letters. And I really like
0: the house directly across the street, it's very cottage-like.
1: But yeah, so those are our top ten weirdest crimes,
0: everybody. That's a good last one. That was good. <laughs> That was delightful, yeah. And uh, you know, thank you so much for doing for joining Dolphin Baselina and myself. <laughs> <for this. laughs> Some yeah, thank you for joining my porpoise sister and myself. <laughs> uh, I had a great time. Uh, but no, seriously, uh, thank you. This is only our second episode. We're still getting into the flow of things. There will be, there will be a continuous like uh, change of flow as we go on, but um yeah this was a fun back and forth i learned yes. a lot of new crazy things some sad things too but, you know
1: here we are yeah this was a great time um like kat said thank you so much for joining us even if you accidentally clicked on us by mistake we're happy you're here
0: we are absolutely <laughs> um if you've heard anything in this episode that seems inaccurate or if you'd like to add any details or you know if you share your own your crazy weird yeah. crime story with anything. us anything please contact us it's contagious curiosity pod at gmail.com you can find us on twitter uh Cat and laney um and you can find us on instagram as at is it kat and laney or yep. is it contagious curiosity so it's yeah
1: hey a t a n d l a n e y but i'm ready. sure
0: because of the amount of tags we're already putting up there if you just search in if you put in contagious curiosity oh, yeah. podcast or contagious curiosity you'll be brought to us uh, and we would love to have you on our in our community of, of folks you will not find us on facebook nope. so we're figuring this out we as have. we go you guys yeah. this
1: is all very you know grassroots <laughs> very much <so. laughs> it's just two friends throwing this stuff against the wall and seeing what sticks so if you're here listening to us in the first place we're so happy to have
0: you honestly yeah because we were going to be doing this anyways and even if people don't listen we're we're still doing this every week with each other yep. so yeah the only yeah. difference is, is now we have microphones.
1: <laughs> now people can, like, come back at us at things that we've said. Actual proof yeah, of it, absolutely hmm, terrifying.
0: Well, um, if you don't have anything else to add, we can. Yeah, I think we can... we're done. Yeah, so long, well. everybody. Yeah, it's Cat here, Lainey here, and mm. thanks for all the fish. Cheers, everybody.